Hey there, this is Fran from Later This Week with Coco and Fran. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. You know what I would enjoy? Financial support from listeners like you. Do you know you can support this podcast and the content we bring to you for as little as 99 cents a month? That's not too much. And let's be honest, you have nothing better to spend money on. Just follow the link in any episode description or go to our Instagram at Later This Week and find the link in our bio. We would really appreciate you for doing that for us because we love you so much. She's Coco, and he's Fran, and they want to know, how you feeling? Hey, Fran. How are you feeling? How many episodes have been up since I came on? Three? Two, I think. Two. So welcome back to the How You Feeling podcast with Coco and Fran. It's great to be here. I'm glad you're back. You've been missed. You've been missed. You don't know. You haven't talked to people listening. I'm sure you have been. There is somebody right now who just turned off the show. There's there's only so much cocoa people can handle. So they're like, where is Chris? Exactly. (laughs) I mean, I listen, there are so many things I want to talk about, but I definitely want to talk. I want to download my feelings about some of the past episodes that I was not on because when I listened to them, I do what everybody else does out there and I have commentary. Well, we love commentary and we need more of it on this show. Well, I don't know if anybody agrees with me, but I think that the episode you did with Chris was probably one of my favorite episodes because, I mean, it was legit. Like Chris came with a teleprompter. You want to know something funny? Because I was stressing, not stressing, but I was trying to you know, figure out what to do um, because you weren't in the right space at that, uh, on that day to, and we hadn't recorded anything. Um, so we were, we were trying to figure out what we were going to do for the, for our Monday episode. And so you had tossed uh, a couple of suggestions and I had, Prior to Sunday, I had reached out to my sister saying, you know, I'd love to do an episode with them. And they ended up being available on that Sunday as well. Um, But I I told Chris, I'm like, listen, let's just talk about something. Fran suggested this. So you're really good at reading and comprehension. (laughs) And he could seriously like uh, he could, you know, read an article or or read something about whatever topic where we want to discuss. And he'll break it down. And that's what he did. And it was funny because he, I saw him on his iPad and he was literally doing homework prepping for the, for the episode. He better than us. He better than us. He he is. He really is. But listen, there's a lot of things Chris is not good at, but Uh this is definitely something he's good at. It really (laughs) is like he, this is a superpower. Mm -hmm. 
It's a super, and he's, and he's done like, you know, all joking aside, I mean, he's gotten us out of a few binds on the show just by giving, even giving his feedback because, you know, he's like a, a tech wizard. Yeah. And he's only a tech, he's only not a tech wizard when a tech wizard, when he doesn't want to do it. Cause when you ask him and he doesn't want to do it, he's like, yeah, I don't know how to do that. (laughs) He always, he always uh, says that cause he, works on a pc and a mac Mm. so most of the time things are similar in in terms of troubleshooting but a lot of times he'll be like i have no idea meanwhile i know he he can find out i know he's capable of doing of course he is of course he is um i was thinking there needs to be some applause in the beginning of the show i mean (laughs) there needs to be some explosions you're like you haven't been gone a year for this for this episode that we're recording yeah I, I, I can do that um, i'll put some i'll put some claps so there is a lot of there's a lot of things we want to talk about but certainly i have been through um a learning of sorts um you know for those of you who are listening who don't know my father passed away a couple of weeks ago and it was a hard it was hard for me to come back because obviously for the emotional side of it, I don't, I don't, didn't feel like I could give anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt very depleted. And, you know, it was funny because after the service, I had something happen to me that has never happened to me before. And I was really, really sick for three days, like physically. And it just, there's no coincidence. Like the next day I woke up and I just felt like crap. Like my throat hurt, my head hurt. Like you would have thought I had COVID. Yeah. You know, um, but it's it was a, like, it's, it's that a emotional. Yeah. It's like the culmination of all the things that you are kind of, yeah. you're going through and there's only so much that your system can handle. Yeah. And, and it, it was, it, it's almost as if, okay, the service happened. It's it now you can kind of release so yeah. to speak. And your body just said, okay, I need a break now. Mm-hmm. And know? what I find myself doing, and this is where I wanted to tie into the episode that you did with Chris. And this is why I brought it up was because when I was listening to you both talk about the distraction of social media or the distraction of our phones, because for me, it's not really social media. It's, it is my, it is my phone. Like, I, you know, people are probably like, Oh, what are you looking at? If you're on, I mean, Coco knows what I look at when I'm on my phone, I but, <laughs> but cause you, when I find a good one, you get it. I love it. <laughs> um, but when I'm on my phone, it's like, I have games that kind of get me out of my head. I also, here's a little secret about me. I love to go on like eBay or Discogs. I like to look at records that are being sold and auctions and stuff. And I can spend 45 minutes to an hour just doing that. And mm-hmm. I think it's no different than someone who's shopping for shoes on Zappos. But yeah. lately, especially the last couple of weeks, I found myself doing it more and more and more, like as a distraction. Like I literally, when I work, if I have like even a few minutes between clients, I will get up, I will go to the bathroom, I'll get some water. I wasn't doing that. Mm. I wasn't doing that. I was on my phone and then I would get into my next session and be like, holy shit, I got to pee. Yeah. What the fuck am I doing? 
And I just started when I listened to that episode. And that's why, I mean, when I told you how much I love that episode, I didn't tell you all the reasons why, but that was one of the reasons. Cause when I listened to it, I thought it was like a mirror being held up. I was like, this is not who I am, mm. but I'm doing this because I want to be distracted. Yeah. I want to be entertained. I want to feel good. And I'm not, you know, if I'm sitting and talking to someone like work, mm. that distracts me. But as soon as that call is over, now I'm like, what am I going to do with this? Yeah. Seven minutes. Yeah. You know, so it really, yeah, it, it's been tough. And for me, I, I'm a very, I'm a private griever. Like I'm not a person who I just like to have my own, you know, I, I, I thought a lot about Vernita when we had her on the show mm. and she talked about grief and I think it's different for everyone. And you and I talked about the comparison that people make. Yeah. Like when people see you and no one has done this to me yet. If mm. they do it to me, I don't know. I might punch them in the face, but people who say to you, you know, like, oh, I know exactly what you're going through. It happened to me. Yeah. It's comparison. Like it, one, almost like a one-upmanship type yeah. thing, you know? And mm -hmm. it's great if you, if you've experienced something and you can relate to the person, you, you have a, um, a better understanding of what this person is going through for sure. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but it's not about, it, it shouldn't, it shouldn't come off as, as downplaying the person's experience, no matter what it is. Yeah. And Vernita had actually on her, on her account, grief is no joke. She had posted something that I really, really liked. And I think it's a great little um, kind of tool or guide um, for people who for friends of someone who has recently lost someone, um, mm -hmm. how how to respond to it, um, in a in a sensitive and kind way, um, and and I, I just I I just thought it was a really great tool. Like instead of, um, you know, that there's some people who say, oh, I'm just going to give you space, for example, and not mm -hmm. reach out. But you know what you can say to that person, I'm going to check in on you. You don't have to reply, but I just want to know that at your yeah. le leisure, for example, I want to know that you're okay. I'm just should anyone ever text you UG, when that's happening? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I, I just want to share this one thing that Carmen actually shared with me mm -hmm. um, and it was about um, how to react to someone who has had loss and it says say this to someone yeah I was saddened to hear of your loss I'm a friend who cares mm. you shouldn't say this you must feel as bad as I did yeah I, I've never understood that that kind of reply or reaction i think you know and maybe i'm just trying to put a positive spin on it i think it's people's way of being like you'll get through it because i did but even that makes you sound like an asshole yeah exactly and i and i get it and you and i have talked about this a little bit where there are some people who really don't know how to respond to that and they don't know how to react yeah. they don't know what to say 
and 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 that's fine but i think something that you can do in that situation is ask the person who's grieving what can i do for you can i can i come and visit can i um bring food or not even ask just say i will do this for you mm-hmm. you know i think that is well yeah i had i had people and and you know and this is a good segue because it was like the next thing i wanted to talk about um i had people reaching out to me and just were just kind of like i'm bringing you this and I'm not going to stop by. I'm just going to bring you this thing or people who, you know, like nowadays we live in a different time where people use Grubhub, Yeah. you know, where uh, we had a very dear friend of ours. Who's a huge fan of the show. Give us um, a Grubhub gift certificate. Is because, that similar, sorry, just for our Canadian listeners, I don't even know if there's a Grubhub here. Is that like an like Uber, Uber Eats? Eats? Yeah, okay. it's no. like an Uber Eats where you yeah. can just use, you know, you upload it into your yeah. app and it's no different than if you're going to order Starbucks or Tim yeah. Hortons or Dunkin' Donuts from your from your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and you make sure you put a ton of sugar in it because we can't drink it otherwise. Quadruple, okay. quadruple. Quadruple, quadruple. Times three. <laughs> So, shit. <laughs> Calm down, lady. What, you just get out of prison? <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, you get people who just give you stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I wasn't necessarily, it was hard for me to get on the phone with people. It was clearly hard to do the show. Mm-hmm. A little easier to have people around me to yeah. like kind of be in my space, like be with me you know, in a controlled manner, not having, you know, cause I did say no to a couple of people, Yeah. you know, um, and, and the people that I said no to, um, I wish they were listening to the show on a regular basis because yeah. they could really learn about people's boundaries and, you know, going to see someone that's grieving is not about you. It's about that person. Yeah. So by you feeling guilty that you didn't go see them, your intentions are completely wrong. Yeah. You should be going to see them because you want to see them. Yeah. And if they don't want to see you, then you got to be okay with that. And you've got to stop pushing because you're afraid that you're not being a good friend. Because once again, not about you. No. Not about you. Um. It's a you know, and you're right. There, those are the individuals that really should be listening to this episode. Right. To this right. Podcast. Um, you know, and and one of the things that it's really taught me is friendship. It's taught me my friends have always been my family. Mm-hmm. My friends have always been. I can count on many of my friends more than I can count on family. Mm-hmm. Um, especially triple extended family, yeah. like cousins, you know, cousins, cousins, like, you know, if I ask them for anything, they will re- reply with, you know, new phone, who this? <laughs> nice. Um, you know, um, I also have a bunch of weird extended family that wants to follow me on Instagram. Mm. But if you reach out to them for something, 
they'll never reply. Yeah. They want to, and these are the same people posting every five minutes. Yeah. Because they like what you're presenting. Right. Or they want to know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. So, um, but learning, you know, I'm not saying that you need to lose someone in your life to necessarily know who your friends are. Um, I think what happens is for me, at least it was an eye-opening experience because perspective. Yeah. I had people like you and I had people like Jen and I had people like other friends who are like, yeah, that person was always like that. You're just seeing it more clearly now. Mm-hmm. That person didn't wake up like that. Yeah. You know, um, I have always, especially the past few years, tried to be a little less harsh on people. Mm-hmm. And I know everyone who knows me is laughing right now and thinks that I was a joke. But seriously, I'm trying to be less harsh. I'm trying to be a little better with giving people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But it just seems like inevitably every single person that I've had to give the benefit of the doubt to proves me wrong. They just, you know, proves me wrong in the sense that actually proves me right. Yeah. That they're a dick. You, you've definitely have been very patient with, with people and you, you know who I'm referring to specifically because I, I'm amazed that it hasn't been cut off at that point, at that, mm-hmm. you know, truly, yeah. truly. And, and, and that has always been a thing too, for me, like people who know me, they like to be like, oh, you cut people off. I've, I don't cut people off. I establish boundaries. Yeah. When someone pushes me too far, if it's too far for me, it's not up to you to decide. Yeah. If, oh, you know, this, that, and the other thing. There are people who have messed up in my life, but people don't know the private conversations I've had with them where they have literally had a come to Jesus with me. Mm -hmm. So don't wonder why I'm still friends with certain people because you don't know what they're telling me behind closed doors. You don't know what conversations I'm having with them. You know, I mean, people might be like, why are you still friends with Coco? She still lives in Canada. (laughs) I mean, you're still in Canada, right? I am still in Canada. Okay. Um, Yeah. So friendships has been, it's been a really weird thing. Um, I don't expect anyone to do something for me, Mm -hmm. you know, reaching out to me, checking in with me. Great. I don't expect you to do anything. Yeah, I don't. I don't expect anything spectacular, but there are there have been friends who have just disappeared. Yeah, there have been sadly, but there's been people who have disappeared. And I can just I just know right now when this show airs, I'm going to have a couple people text me and be like, "Okay, I was listening to the show. Who has disappeared? (laughs) (laughs) A lot. Because we're we're very vague on this episode on on this podcast, but yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, listen, you know, you have told very detailed stories about friends of yours who have messed up, and they know it's them. But the thing is, they don't listen to the show. Exactly. They don't even know how to work their phone. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, honestly, they can't figure out how to put the charger into their phone. Never mind, get on the show. Yeah. So. It's true. But yeah, I mean, it's been, you know, 
it has really, I'm not, I'm not pissed off or angry. I just, I feel like, you know, what I like to call it is a reset. Mm-hmm. We got to hit the reset button. Yeah. You know, you know, when you see those, those things on Instagram that tell you like, like there's a, there's a, a life coach that I love Nell Robbins that I follow. Mm-hmm. And she is constantly saying once a week, once a month, whatever it is, she's like, you should be constantly going through your social media feed and you should be unfollowing and unfriending people that do not serve you. Yeah. It's like so if you're going to someone's page and it, they're clearly posting stuff that's upsetting you, mm-hmm. why would you continue to keep them in your feed? Yeah. Oh, I've done that. I, I, I do that not on a regular basis, but every once in a while, I'm, I'm just like, let me go do inventory and see what the fuck is happening with, you know, and mm-hmm. I will, or even when I, when I'm looking through my feed, if I've seen something from a, from a page that I follow and I really don't like that, what they've posted, because it means that they believe in this, the, this stance, mm-hmm. which doesn't align with what I believe in. I will unfollow them. Yeah. Well, it goes back to what you and Chris were talking about, about how like being careful to not just be one-sided, but like the point that I brought up to you was, I personally do not go to Instagram to become informed. Exactly. I go to Instagram to be entertained. I, I look at the original premise of Instagram was, it was run by artists. Yeah. People who were displaying their creativity. Mm-hmm. It wasn't pictures of their children. It wasn't, you know, a hamburger that someone stepped on on the subway. Yeah. Like it wasn't someone in the hospital with, you know, an IV in their arm and they're like, here we go again. Yeah. You know, like the baiting has to stop. And I actually stopped following somebody who's a huge baiter yeah. on Instagram, who's constantly like, can you believe, like literally the person looks like, they fell down a flight of stairs, right? And before they even called the ambulance, they took their phone out and started posting on Instagram. Yeah, because it's a, it's it's this instant gratification of, it's almost like vague booking. So they've posted this busted picture of themselves. <laughs> and, and of course, it's going to lead to comments. People asking, oh, what happened? What's going on? Like, that's, this is what they want. It generates traction. Yeah. But yeah. brings no substance. No. And I know I, I, I have at least once a year, I have someone who sends me a message on Instagram and is like, I noticed you stopped following me. That's kind of weird. I've never had that happen. Oh yeah. I've had it at least once a year. Like a, like a, a friend or just an account? No, I, like I wouldn't even say a friend, not a bot, not an account. Like like a person who I may have known a few years back. Okay. And they're like, oh, I noticed. And there was one person, I was such an asshole. There was one person, (laughs) there was one person who wrote me used to be like a mom at the school and has since moved like, and she was such a pain in the ass. So she's, she writes me and she's like, sends me a message. And she's like, I noticed that you unfollowed me recently. I can't believe 
I can't believe it just because I don't live around there anymore. And I wrote her back and I said, you're mistaken. I didn't stop following you recently. I stopped following you months ago. And <laughs> the assumption that it's because she doesn't live near you, that's the reason why. Listen, I just wanted to clarify what recently means. <laughs> that was my purpose in that whole. But that's kind of like, you've got to know everyone. She does. That's she crazy. Told me, she told me a story once when she lived in the area because she was a big pain in the ass. She was telling me a story about how she would, she knew the number of friends she had on Facebook and she would know when someone stopped being her friend. So she would go in and try to see who it was. That's what I mean. Like that's insanity. Like I, I really, you think, <laughs> I mean, I've seen it, like, for example, our Instagram account, we have a very small group of followers. So when you if see you that- think 268,000 is small. <laughs> it is. We got to aim higher, friend. Come on. Million. When, Let's do a million by the end of the year. But when you, you know, when you see it fluctuate one or two, it's, it's, it's noticeable, but I'm not going- in there and wondering who just unfollowed us like who cares yeah you know i'm usually like i'm glad they unfollowed us right um because we're not for you exactly we're not going to beg you to come back the fact that you unfollowed us means that you probably weren't engaging with us to begin with yeah that's true bye 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 um yeah so yeah, so I was just saying, like, I guess there's a whole, in these situations, there's a whole reveal. Yeah. And it becomes sometimes less about grief mm -hmm. and more about, like, truly looking at your life. Yeah. And thinking, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Like, what am I doing? Um you know, there's a lot of things that I talk to you about, like privately that, you know, I'm just don't really want to share on, on the show, but there's a lot of things that I've been thinking about doing differently, mm -hmm. um, doing things aside from what I'm doing right now, as far as work is concerned, altering it a little bit, changing it, mm -hmm. uh, creatively speaking, I have some things on the back burner. I've also learned with age you can't always talk about the things you're working on, yeah. even to people that are close to you. That's true. You know, like I remember someone saying years ago about dieting, which was such a great point. They were like, whenever you start a diet, don't tell people you're starting a diet. Mm. Because inevitably, even the people who love you the most will see you eating a cookie and, make and they will think to themselves, I thought she was on a diet. Yeah, it's that. It, that is so true. I mean, Meanwhile, they don't know. They don't know you haven't had a cookie for two weeks and you just ran 16 miles this morning. Exactly. You yeah. know, like, but whatever the story is, they always say, don't tell people. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Just it's do it. True. It's true. Um, I mean, there is there is something to be said for accountability, for example. Sure. If you need, if you need that to kind of help you get to sure. your goal. For right. Sure. But you know what, then, then tell people who are also dieting. 
yeah. your exercise buddy, your diet buddy. Yeah. You know, the people who were always like inevitably those um, New Year's resolutions that yeah. only make it to January 15th. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, I'm just eating salad. And by the 16th, you're eating pizza on the front porch in the morning. Damn. Out of the box. Nice. I mean, I'm not here to judge. <laughs> But I think I'm doing a lot right now that is separate from, you know, what I'm, what I used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I shared with you early on before we even did this show, probably days ago, that I have really, and I've always felt this way. Um, when someone passes, you should always do something um, differently in your life, make, make a difference. I'm not saying to go volunteer to homeless shelter, unless of course, that's something you feel like you want to do. Yeah. But I'm saying like, do something differently in your life. Like if, even if it's as simple as, you know what I'm going to do, I'm going to go out more mm-hmm. every Friday. I'm going to go out because I need to stop because we're not freaking living. Yeah. And if I have to hear one more person say, Oh, because of COVID, I'm like, our pandemic has been a year plus prior to that. What were you doing? Yeah. What were you doing? Yeah. Pick up the phone, call people, connect with people. Cause you're going to be the same sad sap who's laying on your deathbed. And you're going to be like, why didn't I spend more time with those people? Yeah, exactly. Move it. I mean, you and I talked about you and I connecting back in 2018. Mm-hmm. I mean, prior to 2018, how often did we talk? It was, it was sporadic. Um, you know, never, I would visit. Yeah, we never talked. <laughs> you know, I just I, met you. I just met you online. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, there was always um, visits, mm-hmm. and then, but in between visits, it was it wasn't a lot. There weren't a lot of conversations per se. Like mm-hmm. we weren't texting every day. Nothing, nothing like that. But it's but it was also the kind of friendship where so much time can pass, and then when we're together, it's like things are we pick up like where we left off almost. You yeah. Know? So that's but at the same time, there was still there was I I felt like there was still so much more that we could know about one another that we yeah. never had that opportunity. Yes, we had. Uh, you know, that time when I was living in New Jersey and then in New York, we spent a lot of time together, uh, you know, the three of us, you, me, and Jen. um, uh, And certainly that friendship built there, but it it was still not as deep as it is right now, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So so things just, you know, like you said, what was it, 2018, where we were like, hey, let's chat more. (laughs) Yeah. And it was, it was honestly, it was like when my friend Hector had passed Mm. and I had said to you, I remember calling you and saying like right around that time when that was all happening, that it was like that summer 2018. And I remember you and I having this whole conversation and I was like, I don't care if you're on board or not, we're going to talk more often even if you don't pick up the phone, I'm just going to leave you a voicemail. 
Like it was like, seriously, like we were making an effort. And I think what was great about that, and this was the perfect example of great things coming out of people's like legacy, mm-hmm. you know, people passing away and, and creating a legacy, mm-hmm. you know, this show was born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because if we didn't have those moments, this show wouldn't have happened. Yeah, that's true. Um, and also us uh, speaking in making the conscious effort back then, it also increased the amount of visits we had. Yeah. Because I think we were seeing each other more frequently. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, we get older, things change. We change jobs. We, we, we do new things. New people come into our lives. There's always something new to learn. Mm-hmm. I'm clearly not the person that I was when I was, when I first met you and you're not the person. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, cause back then, I mean, I remember the people you used to hang out with. <laughs> I mean, it was like a crew. We've given them enough airtime. <laughs> it was a, what was it? Travel with ugly. Travel. Yes. Listen to that episode. Yeah. Tra- <laughs> Travel with ugly. Tra- Just guys go back. <laughs> when when this whole like this whole era began yeah exactly (laughs) and i'm telling you you're gonna learn a lot yeah but yeah i mean we're different people and the evolution is there and um i don't know i i feel like this just you know i think i level up every year and i like to do something different Mm -hmm. whether it is as, as successful as i expected or not I think when something like this happens and I have a loss in my life, it certainly makes me feel even more in the need of doing that. I can't just sit around twiddling my thumbs and be like, go, go right back to life. Because I got to tell you, I woke up three days after he passed and I was thinking to myself, okay, what am I doing? Mm. What am I doing? Like literally not just sitting there with a cup of coffee, casually having this conversation. Mm -hmm. I literally sat there and started making lists of things and writing things. And what was it that I wanted to do? What was it, you know, where am I going? Oh, I was in the middle of writing this whole thing that I was doing my computer, scrapped it, started from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Like, it was like, that's not where I want to be right now. That's not what I want to write. And in the process have come up with an entire idea for another script and started to write another book, a different book. Wow. So listen, the expectation is that sure, it gets published, it goes out there, it gets a TV show, whatever. But if I don't get that kind of, if that expectation doesn't come through, Mm -hmm. the point is we still have to do it. If I can get one person listening, to be inspired enough to say, you're right. Once a week, I need to do something different. Yeah. Cause I keep talking about that one thing and I'm not doing it. It's very cool. true. I I've, you know, just from the conversation that we had recently about w- what you're, what you've decided to do or what you want to start changing. Like I, I reflected on what I've been kind of going through lately mm-hmm. and then going back to the whole being on our phone, you know, and I've noticed that 
over the past couple of weeks, I've, I've been on my phone a ridiculous amount of time. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, there are so many little things, little create creative projects, whether they're artistic or stuff around the house that I, I want to do. And it's mm -hmm. just like, I'm not doing it. And it's, it's crippling mm -hmm. and it makes no sense. But it's like, this is not how I want to live. Like something needs to change. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a matter of deciding, okay, enough with this thing. Put it down. It's not, it's not feeding me. It's not nourishing me. Engage. Yeah. yeah. But, but you see, like what you were saying was exactly what I was saying earlier about it, it's, it's almost painful for you to think about the things you should be doing. Mm. Cause instead of feeling motivated about it, what you're doing is you're beating yourself up because you haven't done it sooner. Yeah. So what do you do? You push it aside and then it ends up becoming even longer before you start. Yeah. You know, I'm going to give everybody listening. Who's not an artist, a little secret. Mm. Most of what artists do creatively does not succeed yeah. in a way that people think it does. Yeah. When we watch a little cute documentary about someone who takes a camera who hits the road and they start taking photos of little like barnyards and boots and old ladies knitting and suddenly it turns into a massively successful coffee table book. Yeah. They don't tell you the story before that. No, of course. How not. many shitty things did that person do? How many headshots did they have to take? How many times did they have to go and work with like you know doctors for their headshots like all kinds of weird crap that artists have to do yeah and we only see that like glorious story like that breakthrough yeah you know and i bring this up because as artists most of what we do even the famous ones mm -hmm. most of what they do is not always top notch yeah it's not always their best art you know but i love but i love the artists uh there's a couple that i follow who do post their earlier work they show that transition that what they're producing now has taken them years to achieve mm -hmm. years of failures or things not coming out exactly the way they've wanted to and right. It's it's a matter of just following and trusting the flow. The more you do something, the better you become. So yeah. it, it it just it's logical that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I and I bring this up because for you, especially as you're talking about not wanting to start something. Or, or there's things that you want it to do that are on your list. Mm -hmm. You know, think about it, you know, is part of the fear that you have this expectation of it being some like successful project. And then when it's not, you're upset, you know, and I don't mean success, like in the sense of it's in a magazine or you're making millions of dollars. Maybe at the end of the day, you look at your project and you go, well, it's not as great as I had envisioned it. Like maybe that's your fear to even start. Yeah. I've, you know? I've asked myself the, those questions because there were, 
there were, you know, photo shoots that I've done, creative photo shoots that I've done where it was an idea and I tried to execute it and it didn't come out the way I wanted it to necessarily, but I did something and I created it. And that was just the, just the act of me shooting. That was, that was important. And that's something that I need to get back to. And I'm, I'm, I want to get back to, because it's, that's where, whether or not it works out, at least I'm shooting, you know? Yeah. So, and, and that's how you should, that's how you should think, you know, and listen, instead of looking at your entire list of things you want to do, pick one thing. Yeah. Pick one thing. That's yeah. it. What is the thing that you want to do the most? Yeah. You know, like for me, I've always known what I wanted to do. I've always known like in my life, like I've always known I wanted to be creative and I wanted to perform and make things. And, you know, I was telling a friend recently, we were talking about being a creative person. And I said to them, out of all the things I've ever done, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's probably a bootleg out there, me doing a musical, you know, (laughs) out of all the things that I've done, like, you know, singing or pseudo singing or, you know, comedy, stand-up comedy or comedy writing, or, you know, I'm not saying I'm horrible at those things, but I, I've always said to people, the thing that I believe that I know I'm really great at is acting. I've always felt a connection to it. I've always felt like it's the one thing creatively I don't even have to think about. Mm. I fall right into it. It's just literally, you know, and to me, it's like, yeah, uh, I have all these other things I can write, I can be creative and all that stuff. But in order to be those things, we have to do those things. Like, you know, for you, how many times you see people online who are like, I'm a photographer and they're on Instagram. There's not one photo they've taken. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's them, their shelves, pictures of them, (laughs) shelves that they made. (laughs) I mean, I mean, you know, you and I follow some similar accounts. Yes, yes, yes. There's do. creative people out there that make shelves. They make shelves, other other wood things. Yeah, it's like if you're like going to someone's page who's like someone who's like a cake decorating artist, mm. right? And you're like, oh, look at those beautiful cakes this person makes. Yeah. And they're like, I also make my personalized foot pads to put in your shoes so your foot doesn't hurt wonderful wonderful and there could be a separate instagram for that because you don't want to put that in the same place no you you can't mix those things no you can't have feet cakes (laughs) separate instagrams for everything um something that you know after our conversation and and you were talking about like what you the whole putting things into perspective um i was thinking about I can't remember what episode we were, we were talking about, but I think, oh, I think it was with Aaron. We were talking about uh, having a purpose in life. Um, someone had sent me a post and I thought that was, it was an interesting way to um, maybe alleviate some anxiety that people have when they don't feel like they have a purpose. And I'm just going to read something really quick. Um, An author I love just tweeted about how big joy and small joy are the same and how she was just as content the other night eating chocolate and cuddling her dog 
as she was on her big trip to New York. And honestly, I think that's it. This morning, I was listening to an audiobook while baking shortbread in my joggers, and I realized I really didn't care what big things happened in my future as long as I could keep baking and reading at the weekend. And maybe that is the kind of bar we have to set our guards, our guard ourselves to guard ourselves against disappointment. Just appreciate and cherish the mundane stuff and see everything else as a bonus. And someone replied, uh, the unpopular opinion, I don't think your life has to have a purpose or a grand ambition. I think it's okay to just wander through life finding interesting things until you die. And I, for one, think that's fucking brilliant. What do you think about that? I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, I, you know, there's a thing I shared with you a while back. I don't know if you remember um, Elizabeth Gilbert, the writer of um, Eat, Pray, Love. Mm-hmm. She was speaking and for anyone listening, you can Google it or send me a message and I'll send it to you, the audio file. She did a, a live presentation about purpose mm-hmm. and what it's called is the hummingbird. Because the way she compares it to a hummingbird is hummingbirds just like randomly go from one flower to another. Mm -hmm. And they don't really go like, oh, this one's better than that one. It's just kind of like. Whatever is available. Yeah, it's organic. So she talks about how she used to be this huge supporter of purpose and, Mm -hmm. and motivating yourself to find the key in your life and she said finally she was contacted by someone who came to one of her shows and sent sent her this heartfelt email mm-hmm. about how she was so upset after she saw her talk because she said i still don't know what my thing is mm. and i think there's a lot of people out there like me you would have asked me when i was in the first grade what do you want to do i want to perform yeah. what do you mean perform act, I guess, sing, oh, dance, oh. Yeah. but I just knew I wanted to be a part of that, yeah. right? Yeah. As time goes on, especially with people who are famous, who are making a career out of it, mm-hmm. I think a lot of those people, like the Meryl Streep's of the world, I think they find more purpose in when they're not acting, mm. because I think that they're really like, now it's a job. Yeah. Now it's like your job shouldn't be your purpose. Right. Right. And that's what I mean. Like, you know, as artists, creative people, especially when we want to pursue something as a career, once it becomes a career, I think it becomes less of the fuel in your tank. Yeah. You know, the fuel in the tank does become petting the dog and making shortbread cookies. Right. Exactly. You know, because it's an escape. Yeah. But I think we don't necessarily need to have purpose. Mm-hmm. I always say, just do something. Yeah. Do something. Yeah. When I say you don't need purpose, I don't mean it's acceptable to sit on your sofa every single night watching Netflix. I'm saying something. Yeah. Anything. It can also be something that you think people are going to think you're weird about. It's like when I talk to people about record shows. Oh, you go to record shows? Like, what do you look for? It's hard to, it's hard to explain the people. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to explain, like, you like to look at things. And, like, my love of music is so vast and large that there's always something mm-hmm. that I didn't know was available. Yeah. There's always something that, even just to look at it and touch it and read it, 
Yeah. There's like a tactile feeling. And it's the same thing with like gem shows. Like mm-hmm. Ariana loves to go to the gem show. She loves to, I mean, that girl has so many different gems. She has a collection, yeah. but she doesn't always just go to a show to buy. Yeah. She also likes to look at beautiful things. And it's the experience. Yes. It's like going to a museum. Yeah. You know, it's like you love it. Right. Love and it. I think you have to, it's like when I meet super rich people who don't work, like I've had clients before who are super rich, mm-hmm. they can do anything. Mm. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing. And I'm like, Hey, instead of what you're supposed to be doing, why don't you think about what you want to do? Yeah. Because you're not supposed to be doing anything. Yeah. Why don't you, you like traveling? Let's figure out where you're going. Yeah. yeah. I mean, volunteer work is important. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're making enough money to support yourself and you're going to work and you're on autopilot and you feel like you're dead inside, yeah. do something that makes you feel good. Yeah. Take a watercolor class. You that's know, not, that's on my list. I mean, nothing makes me more annoyed than when people are like, how am I supposed to figure out what I want to do? And I'm like, it's called the internet. But see, that, that to me, it's a lie because a lie as in they don't know what they want to do. They, they just haven't sat down and thought of about course. what are the things that they like? Food, music, movie. Like, and then you I love how food was the first thing you said. Food. <laughs> but, but here's the thing also. There's another thing about finding things you love. And I truly hope that all of this talk today inspires at least one person. I think, I think that when you commit to something, yes, I use the C word. When you commit to going to a class, like a painting class or whatever class, you don't have to do it forever. Yeah. If it's not something you want to do, you paid for five classes, go to the five classes. You never have to do it again. But guess what? You can walk away saying you did it Mm -hmm. because the hypothetical is never going to tell you what it's going to be like. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm telling you right now, you're going to think I'm writing a story, but I have a client who was so resistant years ago to go to classes and take classes in art. Finally, I was like, just go online and see what's local. Okay. So they go to a community center. Mm. Classes are like, you know, $3.75 a class. You know, it's like the community center. Yeah. She went to the class, couldn't stand the class, met her boyfriend. Oh my God, that's so funny. So it's like, I, I love to look at her on the screen and be like, it was a waste of time, wasn't it? <clears throat> it was a real waste of time. That's amazing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And now she's like in a committed long-term relationship with this person. And I'm not saying she would have never met him before, Yeah. but I'm just saying like, think about it. Yeah. If you close yourself off to experiences, you don't know what you're going to, what you're, you don't know what you're missing. Yeah. Yeah. Plain and simple. Um, you know, it's like that line from Steel Magnolias where it's, uh, the end of the movie, spoiler alert, in 1989, if you still haven't seen this movie, then I'm going to spoil it for you. Yeah, right? the statute of limitations. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you. So the character of Shelby, 
played by Julia Roberts, is dying at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Her mother, played by Sally Field, is at the, at the end of the bed or on the side of the bed holding her hands and she's saying, open your eyes, Shelby. Shelby, open your eyes. We say this all the time at home. Mm. We're like, open your eyes, be woke. Yeah. Open your eyes. If your eyes are closed, you are closing them. Yeah. You are closing them because it's something you don't want to see. Mm. You don't have to be perfect. I work with people all the time. I want to be singers, want to be, and they're comparing themselves to like these Grammy award-winning people. I'm like, we, that's not where they started and that's not where you're going to start. Yeah, no, exactly. And I keep telling myself about that. Like when I see other photographers, even close, close people in my circle who, who are, are really succeeding with their photography business and I, I'm not there and I, I can't compare myself. No, no, I can't. No. And, and I'll I tell can't... you right now, creative people, you know, I say this to you all the time. It's not about talent. It's yeah. about showing up Yeah. because there are tons of talented people out there. You have never heard of mm-hmm. because they won't get out of bed. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, you know, so you just got to show up, you know, I know I'm not the best at, you know, I don't even know what the best means, Mm. but I can tell you right now, when I show up in a creative capacity, no one is getting me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like no one outside of me, nobody can be me. Yeah. I'm showing up with me. So when somebody hires me in a creative capacity, you're getting me. It doesn't matter how good or not good you think my work is. You're getting me. Yeah. And nobody else can do that. And that's how I want other people to think. Exactly. You know, this insecurity bullshit. It's like sometimes the insecurity is they do it on purpose just because they don't want to have the responsibility to do the work. Mm. Yeah. So, but that's so much for our episode about grief. (laughs) But listen, I've, the conversations that you and I have had off, off, you know, just on our phone conversations, they, especially recently they have fueled me good because i've been in a funk you know yeah but you, and, and also the thing that's so stupid about you is that you're so talented like i always tell you this i don't have to tell you you're talented just to raise your ego anybody can go online and look at our collaborations that we've done together those are some of the most like my most favorite you have, you have probably photographed me a fraction, a fraction of what some other photographers have photographed me, like the amount of photography. Yeah. And in that short amount of time, you and I have had more A pluses, 100% than a lot of the other projects that I collaborated on. Well, I was telling There's- you. I was telling you recently while I was going through my hard drives, just looking for photos that I could update my website and the, the shots that we took when you came up with Ariana and we did the no pants man on the street Love it. in Ottawa. And it was, what was it? February or March? It was cold. It was a cold ass day, beautiful day. The sun was out and you were walking around with no pants. And I love those photos. Not because you were showing off your legs, but because it was an environmental photo. And it was like, there, there was, 
it was just something that was so so much fun and mm -hmm. i love the way the photos came out and that's something that i want to do again with you and with anyone else you know yeah like, i'm i'm down i i've been dying for us to do something together and i don't and i told you i don't i don't care what it is you tell me what you want to do yeah because i'll do anything now like i just feel like let's have fun Exactly. It's funny. It's funny you brought up the thing about the no pants shoot because I always think to myself, like, how funny would that have been if that would have been like a short documentary? If we would have had video following us, because it was the reaction of even the people that were out. Oh yeah. Remember the hair salon with all yes. the ladies banging on the glass? They were like, "Woo!" Because I'm man. in my underwear. There's yeah. a man. Were you wearing boxers or boxer briefs? Boxer, little boxer briefs, and they had little um, fireflies on. That's right. Um, but yeah, cause they, got, never saw, they and, never saw legs like that in Ottawa. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you don't get thighs like that. And the guy that, uh, um, the Moscow room, that little, that little, well, that place, beautiful kind of restaurant lounge place that we should get them, at, should get them as a sponsor on the show. Right. We they let us, them. they let us come in and shoot in their, in their dining room. And it was really beautiful. So yay. Uh, so yeah, you creatively stop standing your way. Just do it. I mean, just do know, it. And you know, even, even non-creatives, if there's something that you have thought about doing, no matter what it is, whether it's gardening, baking, starting up some kind of new, um, craft project or, or, or whatever, just do it. I mean, if you want to start a new um, a new account on a, on, a, on some dirty site, why not? Do it. No, no more excuses. No more excuses. And you know what? Honestly, I have met the people who have taken these chances. They're changed. They're changed. Yeah. You know, like people who just pick up and go, you know, like I'm. I'm dying to get Christina on the show. Like, I know it's been difficult to get Christina on the show, but I really want her to come and share her experiences with what triggered her to just go and travel the world a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know, like she just picked up and her stories are unbelievable. She shared a story with us about. I love that. A, door, a, a Halloween last year. She shared a, the dog story. Remember the creepy dog story? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's traveled all over the place. There's no one I know that has been to more places than her mm. and not for work. Like, you yeah. know, like people are like, Oh, I've been everywhere. They spend the whole day in a hotel, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like they can be in Connecticut or they can be in Paris. It doesn't matter. They're still in just the hotel, you yeah. know, they don't see anything, but you know, not that Connecticut is Paris at all. <laughs> it's because not. I've, I haven't been to Paris, but I can tell you, Connecticut doesn't feel like Europe. No. no. <laughs> you know what Connecticut feels like? What? Connecticut. Hmm. I've only driven through Connecticut, so. That's, that's what it's there for. That's what it's there. It's to get to a better place. It's like Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is one massive yes. bridge. A massive bridge. I cut through Pennsylvania to come to see you guys. Yeah. You're like, thank you, Pennsylvania. Thanks for the guide. <laughs> yeah. So listen, you know, we've got more stuff like this. I'm happy to be back. I mean, I hope you guys enjoyed the guest hosts as much as I did. I'm dying to do a show with Chris, just me and Chris. 
that's told, that's gonna be great. I told Chris that we want him back on, whether it's I want him, him or the three of us. He needs yeah. his own show. He, he, I think so. Like, even if he had like a segment on our show, we gave him five minutes to just talk about something. Five minutes, please. No, but I'm saying you gotta, you gotta, you gotta rein it in. But meanwhile, here's the thing: rein about it in. <laughs> he's getting what he deserved because remember the time where you and I, it was like a day where we were planning a show, yeah. and I can't remember who our guest was, but you and I had talked several times that day. Mm. and it was like 20 minutes here half an hour here 20 minutes and he was like oh you guys can talk yes i remember but he can too that brother can talk when when and it was so funny did i tell you yeah I, i think i did so we were recording through anchor obviously because we don't need to zoom we were sitting right next to each other we recorded through anchor and because it was just me technically starting the recording, I didn't know this, that Anchor only allows 60 minute recordings. So once that 60 minutes is up, you right. have to start a new, a new one. And all of a sudden I'm looking at my phone and, and the countdown starts flashing red. I'm like, holy shit. And I'm looking at Chris, I'm like, you know, it's close it up, wrap it up. Like, and his sentence ended right at at the the 60 minute mark and then oh we, my God. we started another segment because he still had more to say of course he did of course he did so but yeah. you know what listen we make fun of him all we want you know there's a lot there yeah you know it's it's as much as we make fun of him throughout the years people who listen to the show are going to be like oh that's why coke was with him because he's smart because he's smart <laughs> Because really, we had never presented anything great about him until that moment. Oh, my God. That's so mean. <laughs> but he's got a great voice. Yeah. Akila keeps saying that he should do something in voice. And he's always wanted to. That's because she's trying to be with a white man. Oh, my God. I'm going to slow her roll over there. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You're so bad. Yeah. My, 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 uh, my Akiki. My Akiki was on yes. the show. Yes. We love when Akiki comes. We love her. She's the best. Yes. Um, and even outside of our show, um, the number of times that she and I talk and text each other, mm-hmm. uh, she is that person. Yeah. You're on the show. Yeah. Oh, exactly. So, so many people who listen to the show want to meet her. Mm-hmm. I told her that. She was like, stop it. I said, no, I'm telling you. I can tell you right now. I know two friends legit who want to meet you. Well, when you and I go on tour, she's coming with us. Of course she is. Of course she is. She's going to be sitting in the crown. She's going to have a crown on, sitting in the throne. Exactly. Yes. And she's going to be introducing us with the cards in her hand, you know, old oh, school. Oprah I love style. it. Like Oprah. Old school Oprah. And her name's going to be on the back. It's going to say Akilah. <laughs> Akilah. Uh, all right, y'all. Thank you so much for being supportive. And um, that's another one of our shows. Thank you very much, everyone. Thanks, Fran. Glad you're back. I'm back.